never miss a minute. Download the Todd and Tyler podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. And stream the show 24-7 at TNTRadioEmpire.com. Mr. Skin later on. And Doc Ed right now. Hey, Doc. Hey, gentlemen. How you doing, bud? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you guys? All right. Uh, I forgot. I know you're a big uh, Rice football fan, but do you have a do, do you root for Texas or A and M or what? I mean, just Rice. Well, I'm. Uh, I, I have to root where some of the money goes, right. and right now I've got money going to Texas Tech, SMU, and to UT Austin. As a matter of fact. Oh, so, you, oh you uh, got yeah. money all three of those schools. All right. Uh, and I have I have a fourth at Tyler Junior College. So we've got four kids in high in. Uh, College or grad school? Well, yep. Texas Tech got their ass kicked. I saw that up yeah, there in Iowa State. That was, yeah, that was expected. The UT game was exciting. I mean, I, I, uh, I really, I'm not that invested in the team. I right. just want them to have a good showing, and it was. Uh, everybody around here is still talking about it. It was a very, very good game. I watched the end of that game too. It was a hell of a game, but I did see a lot of people without a mask on, uh, just spitting on each other. Uh, that's not cool. <laughs> no, and that's that's the that's the Texas, and uh, I mean, I guess to some degree, Oklahoma. I don't right. want to impugn just the UT fans. No, 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 no. It was Oklahoma. Oklahoma was massless too. A lot of their fans and A and M. Oh, A and M totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. Certainly, and, the the two young ladies that flipped yeah. the bird right at the end of the show they were massless. <laughs> <laughs> they were. Yeah, I caught that and shared that. People gave me crap for that. I'm thinking, Jesus, I'm just, she, 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 I watched that live. That was, she watched that live. That was, she, yeah, that was great. You don't see very much it's it's well, i remember seeing that on monday night football about 30 or 40 years ago and that was uh that was it would have been a meme if memes existed then but my, i was watching it with my four, my 90 year old father and he jumped out of his seat laughing when he saw that i was watching it live too <laughs> and uh all they do is they zoom in on hot looking fans all the time and the game had ended and of course they're they're pissed off and she just flips off oklahoma's side just right on camera. It was great. Yeah, it was great. It was an angry, angry, angry bird, too. Ang- angry bird. Yeah, angry it was bird. an angry bird. She had one of those half shirts, sure. shirts that hang over the collar. Oh, she was hot, yeah. All right, Doc. Uh, <laughs> Craig did a story a little while ago about uh, a bunch of minks in uh, Utah, I believe, uh, caught the COVID and was transmitted uh, via humans. How come some animals are susceptible to the virus and some don't seem to be? Uh, that's a really good question that I don't have a good biological answer for. I mean, we do know uh, we do know that typically even the influenza uh, tends to jump species. It usually starts in birds, one form of it, and then it jumps to a. Uh, it's a really what we call a low pathogenic. In other words, it's a very mild virus in the birds. It jumps into some mammalian form. Uh, animal, and then in there it becomes a highly pathogenic, either in a different bird like a duck, or then it jumps into an animal, a mammal, and then it jumps into humans. So the species jumping of respiratory virus is well described, mostly in China, where they've studied it a lot. We think this virus came from a bat. We think actually all of the, the, the big three coronaviruses, SARS, then MERS, and now this one, all were bat viruses that jumped into an intermediate host, which was a mammal, and then jumped into us. So to answer your question, if it jumps into us, it could probably jump into other mammalian species. We just, you know, we can't predict which species it'll uh, make a good a virus and it'll cause disease and then which ones it won't. I'm watching so, uh, 60 Minutes last night. They did a whole story on uh, the race for the cure and, and for therapy. And all the a lot of uh, labs across the world – 
have stopped doing other things and just working on this. So they got a you know a ton of labs all over the world working on how they're going to. My my curiosity when this is, I realize that they're all most of them are all, doctors are altruistic. They want to help people. I get it, but companies run a lot of labs. How often is it like? Well, we don't want them to get it. Let's uh, mess with them. I mean, is yeah. there is there any kind of espionage or set or stuff behind it that could screw this up for other people? I would imagine. I would imagine that there is. Yeah. <laughs> I hope yeah. it's not pervasive. Right. Um, I, I can't just as in any human endeavor. There are going to be uh, a few people that are opportunists. Uh, um, I mean, there are clearly scams that are ongoing right now, and we're warned about those email scams, phone scams. My dad got a couple of odd calls while he was staying with me. From and I just had to hang up the phone on him. People that wanted to, yeah, send me send some money for COVID research or right. whatever. Right. Um, so yeah, so there 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 are going to be some people that are are, are just um, they're not in it for the the appropriate reasons, uh, and, and you'll have to sift through those. But I'm I'm I have I personally have not encountered any. I've only heard of a very small number of people on the technical side trying to scam. On the you know, financial side, there's there's been a few more. They were talking to the one guy. It was a guy that was a really uh, I don't know his name. He was an Asian guy. He was really uh, key in the development of a treatment. For AIDS, cock, the cocktail for AIDS, and he was the main guy they were interviewing last night. The cocktail for AIDS. I stopped doing the word cocktail. Yes, you did. Yes, you okay, did. Yes, you did. No. <laughs> I heard it a few times. I'm, I'm I stopped between the word cocktail. I got it. And he was he was involved, and he seemed like he he knew what he was doing. And uh, it just it, it was it was interesting to watch because it. But I also think that. I think people, lay people think, and I'm a lay person too, but I, I try to get into it a little further. A lot of people do, I'm sure. Is it's nothing's going to happen? <laughs> we have to keep wearing masks for a long time. It looks like, right? I, well, yes, I, I think so. I think we we need to keep wearing masks until there's a certain percentage of the population okay. that has been infected, or we have something that can, uh, apart from masks, and that would be, as you suggested. Uh, a drug combination to avoid the word you used, <laughs> or, <laughs> and, or a vaccine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there you go. Right. That thing, uh, or 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 a vaccine, or both. And you know, and we we're certainly we're certainly pretty far along in both of those, much faster than we ever were with AIDS. Right, I mean, right, yeah. way, way, way faster than almost any other. Well, really, any other infection I'm aware of. Quite honestly, I did see a so, report uh, yesterday. You go ahead. No, no. I was just—I was going to say that—that that I believe that um, the mask. I'm hoping that this necessity for wearing masks uh, will go away. What I'm hoping doesn't go away is the awareness of how any of these respiratory viruses are transmitted, so that you know, as as a world population, we become a, a little bit better, and for the next 10, 15 years. At when we're sick with whatever it is we have, we, we're taking precautions. Uh, and it may not be COVID that somebody has. It may just be the common cold or the flu that you just take the, the same precautions are going to work for any, from really most, if not all, of those viruses. So That'd be people, uh, that would be people be allowed to stay home from work without afraid of getting fired. That's what, you know, that happens a lot. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's, that's one element. Right, right, yeah. 
Yeah. That's exactly, and I think you know what you're absolutely right. And and so HR policies and employment policies, at least in the U.S., I think are starting to catch up with that. In the in the pre-COVID days, when people had the flu, at least in our hospital and in our clinic, we wouldn't let them come into work, and so we they'd have to stay in. And there were rules: 48 hours a febrile with symptoms that were resolving, and and I had to clear them before they came in. But now. Um, it's out of my hands. There's a committee that tells COVID people whether they can come back or not, and, and the, the people are getting paid, and they're not having to use their paid time off. Now, I, I don't know whether that will or will not work. See, that's the, future, the key. But, that's the key because, yeah. I, I mean, even before COVID, I remember just dealing with stuff, and we always come to work, but I remember just having to deal with nitpicky stuff like, well, you only have another sick day left and this and that. I'm thinking, so what if you're sick? What if you're actually sick? You're going to take away a guy's right. day of pay because he can't come in because he's actually sick? But, you know, it's corporate, the corporate says you'll have this many days. I just think in anybody's workplace, now, if you take advantage of that and they know you're doing it, eh, that's one thing. Yeah, these are special circumstances, yeah. and you got to make some exceptions. You would think so, right. Now, there's a, uh, another, you're right. another wave yeah. going on in uh, Spain. There's another wave going on in Italy. I was under the impression uh, these countries had done it right the uh, first time, but uh, <laughs> what happened? Seasonal, seasonal. In, uh, so they're getting colder. You know, they're they're at about our latitude, kind of at the northern states, Mason-Dixon line latitude and higher. So um, you're starting to see cooler temperatures, um, and you're starting to see people come back in. And we we think that there is something to do with humidity. We've done a couple of stories, um, science and news stories on our TV station down here with regards to the science around the humidity and how it may increased humidity may impact because all this water vapor in the air, the virus can't travel as far without hitting a water molecule, so it just doesn't spread as easily in high humidity uh, outdoor situations or indoor. In the winter, there's low humidity outdoors and even lower humidity indoors unless you have a humidifier, and so the virus really has unimpeded access. When you sneeze, it can go maybe a little bit further. Now, I'm I'm being unscientific about that. In general, though, there have been a lot of studies suggesting that humidity may be a big thing, and, and you see that go down in the winter. We expected, I think everybody expected a bump. Now, a surge is what we don't want to see, um, but we're seeing numbers. That they, that we've, we've had a dip, and it's starting to come back up in the Dallas area. What isn't going up, interestingly, is hospitalizations are not going up as rapidly as they did in June and July. Uh, it's just the number of positive tests are going up, but people don't seem to be coming into the hospital as frequently. We had a system here. I don't know Todd mentioned to you off the air yet, but Craig was tested positive about three weeks ago. Uh, all of us had to get tested. We were negative. And then Craig stayed in his office at his at his house, his bedroom in his house, uh-huh. and he broadcast the news for two straight weeks. Now he's back in the studio. We're all separated a little better with some uh, glass sneeze guards in front of us. And uh, But what, what? explain to me this. I know you don't know exactly why. Craig was positive. We were talking about this off the air before you called and all three of us, since March, were hanging out on each other's face. Now, uh-huh. we weren't wearing masks during the commercial breaks. Now we are. We were, weren't spitting on each other. We weren't shaking hands. But we were all in one big room together. It even pushes in our room a lot during the, during the breaks. How come none of us tested positive? And make sure you use the term viral load. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as Craig, was mentioning, Craig was mentioning that he might have had a small viral load, and I like that term, too. And it might not have hit us. Yeah. So, so he <laughs> did yeah, one of the many, many possibilities. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. There, so there, I know there's a lot of possibilities. You don't know why, but why would not one of us test positive after Craig did? Well, it's, it's, I, I think it hints 
it hinges on viral load. Um, and I, yeah. I had to use it. But, but the, I'm glad you did. There's a, there's a, so when we do this test, the molecular test, when you put the thing up the nose and then you yeah. do what's called a DNA amplification. And so each time you amplify the DNA, that's called a cycle. So you run this through a, a certain number of cycles. And if you can't detect the DNA, you don't do it forever. You, you stop at some point. If you haven't detected after a certain number of cycles, depending on the machine you're using and test you're using, which is typically in the 50, 40, 50, 60 range, if there's no DNA, then you stop running the machine, and that's a negative test. What's interesting and what we're not routinely reporting um, for clinical purposes, but people are keeping track of this, is how many cycles it takes for somebody to turn positive. Right. So if, if Craig had a lot of virus in his nose and uh, had a very high viral load and would have infected a lot, you know, most of you, if not all of you, right. um, he may have had a cycle uh, time, a, a number of cycles of 5, 10, or 15, which is low, which means it only took four or five amplification cycles in order to pick up that DNA. In this case, it's RNA, not DNA. But if, if he went almost all the way to the end, whatever the, let's say it was uh, 50 cycles and then they stop, and he turned positive on 49, it's still a positive test, but it took almost to the end of the test in order to, for him to turn positive. So while we're not reporting that number, the people doing the test know it. They have to say yes or no. It's an up or down uh, vote, basically. Right. But they know, look, well, this guy's positive. We have to say yes. But, man, he was right at the border, which means he doesn't have very much virus, but it's still positive based on yeah. the cutoff that we use. So it could be something more technical like that. Uh, there are probably there could other factors, like you guys said. I can't, I'd have to see the setup uh, as it was back then, but uh, I have to think it's really mostly viral load. See, I don't right. know. Or you there guys were, were uh, washing your hands a hell of a, you know, really, really well. Well, which, well, I don't know. I had no it, idea there it, were. It had to be the load because we were all in the same room. Right. So there are yeah. various, right. There are various degrees of positivity. I of didn't load, know that. Of load. Just keep saying load. Yeah, and, and we, we don't report that. But So this is what, the, you know, what, what, what statisticians or scientists call a dichotomous variable, variable, which means there's only two outcomes. There's a yes or a no outcome for that. We haven't, the, these, remember, all of these tests in general, are what are called EUA tests from the FDA. They're emergency use authorizations. In other words, they haven't been validated the way uh, a blood glucose test is or an HIV test is, for example. Those have been validated and tested out the wazoo, and the FDA has firmly approved those tests. These tests are temporarily approved. Almost everything we're doing with COVID is temporarily approved because we haven't had enough time to go through the routine validation studies that, that the FDA typically requires. So they've issued a, uh, all these EUAs, um, and that's why we're not reporting these cycle times. But within the business, when, when I call up a pathology lab, I'll ask them, just out of curiosity, how many, what was the cycle time, the CT on this? And if they tell me, boy, this was a really low CT, that tells me, wow, this is probably a pretty highly infected individual. Um, so a yes test is really a yes test in that, in that, right. so I, so I, that's just, that's, go ahead. On the negative one, 
there's not various degrees of negativity. It's like he's no, real, he's no, really it, negative. It, we had no load. Yeah, yeah, right, right, yeah. Right. exactly. If you're negative, then you've gone past you've gone up past that cycle time, and they're not going to do anymore because the likelihood at that point of picking up a positive test is really really low. I mean, if you do it long enough, you might find you know maybe a couple of copies of RNA, but that's not going to be enough. We think in general to to transmit to to you guys when you're standing. Even in a you know in the same room, even if you're unprotected. You brought up the uh, SARS and the MERS earlier. Have those pretty much yeah. gone away? And is there a chance COVID nineteen will go away? Uh, great question. So SARS does not seem to be doing much. We don't hear anything more about it. Uh, and that was predominantly. Remember that was down in the Guangdong. <laughs> another great yeah, name, yeah. Guangdong province. Yeah. How much loads uh, in the Guangdong? Yeah. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I bet they wish they had a cocktail. So. <laughs> the Guangdong cocktail. So they, that was down in that province of China, but it also went over to Toronto. In, in, in North America, Toronto was kind of ground zero for it. And I, when I was in Tyler, I just left you guys. Uh, Tyler, Texas. Yeah. Tyler, Texas. Yeah. Let's clarify I was in that. Tyler, Texas at the time. And, and there was that outbreak in Toronto, and I remember us wondering, you know, how we were going to have to do We actually had a Chinese Congress, uh, delegation come visit us to, uh, to help advise us in, in our hospital. If it got to our, our hospital, it never did. MERS is always present in the Middle East. It's just a low... Um, at a low level of activity. It's a pretty contagious virus, though. How are you feeling, Doc? Um, also, How are you feeling? We forgot. Yeah, people, people don't I'm know that great. Doc Ed actually had uh, COVID back in June or July. I forgot exactly what month. And uh, you're in you're pretty bad shape. Any, any lingering effects for you, at least? No, sir. Right. I've been very fortunate. I, nothing that I can think of. I, maybe a little bit of... Uh, emotional psychological but then my wife is gone for a year you know so that's oh, oh, it's a year it's a year yeah she yeah she's been gone she said to tell you hi by the way she's so you're uh, you're self-medicating your viral load then um <laughs> if you want to put it that way that's the only way i can yeah. put it young <laughs> <laughs> yeah years I'm, atten- <laughs> I'm attending to my conjugal needs yeah <laughs> Oh, so you, you didn't get a pass. No, no, not a pass. No, no, that's no I said no, self-medicated. I yeah, yeah. You've met my wife. Yeah, yeah. I don't need a pass. I'm, uh, I'm fine. Okay. I'm fine. <laughs> so you're doing okay. But that, 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 a lot of people, that didn't happen. They are having a lot of problems afterwards. One of, a good friend of ours, a comedian friend of ours in New York, uh, he's still having problems. Uh, achy joints and everything like that. Yeah, the and, shortness of breath, the yeah, whole deal. Right, exactly. And that, that long hauler syndrome, um, yeah. uh, it's really, it, it, a lot of people are looking into that as to why that's the case. I, I've been asked, well, God, you know, you're 60. Why do, why do you think you didn't get it? And I think it's because uh, possibly, I have no clue. And yeah. so hopefully we'll have answers to this. But if the earlier you start therapy, mm-hmm. um, the earlier you start therapy to prevent you from getting into cytokine storm, I, I have to think that in, you know, intuitively, you're less likely to have long hauler syndrome. So I, I don't know. Well, we'll, I'll, we'll have more to say about that in future visits. But um, hey, you feel, I, got, I started therapy very quickly, so that I think that may have helped. Do you feel dirty rooting for your cheating Astros? They're still in it, man. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I know they're not cheating now. No, I know but, they're not um, now. I know. Because I know. it's hard I to. Feel, <laughs> I feel highly vindicated. Yeah, even even a team that was cheating but uh, and has been called out and they've been, you know, they've been appropriately. I'm not yeah, I know. I'm not justifying anything they did. I, I I'm you. highly disappointed. But 
Um, this tells me that that team is all has been for real those whole four years. They didn't need. Oh, they got a team. They, 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 they have talent. Yeah, but uh, you yeah. can't. Uh, you can. Uh, you'll hear a trash can with an empty stadium. You know. Yeah. <laughs> And I think if it, if it ends up Astros and Dodgers, uh, the Astros are going to end up getting thrown at a lot. The whole game. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say yeah, first pitch of game one. Very, yeah. I, I, I'm not optimistic that they'll make it past the Rays, who have a really good pitching, uh, a really good pitching staff. But we'll see how it plays out. You know, it's, it's why they play. When's the wife come back? What month? Uh, well, she gets back stateside in uh, ostensibly late June, but I think Whoa. that may have been pushed back till August. Um, uh, July or August, so she'll be there a while. And, and you can't and, uh, physically, you can't physically go visit her. Well, I can't get on base. They will oh, let them it. off base. Uh, okay. I can easily get to Kuwait City. She's about thirty miles or so south at a at a uh, military four military bases, and she's at one of the army bases south of Kuwait City. They just she can't get off base. Um, a lot of FaceTime so, with your shirt uh, off. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've right. asked her to do that, but they won't let <laughs> All right. Apparently, it's not regulation, so she can't do it. Oh, she can't get a little privacy? No, she can't, but he can have her shirt off. That's all that matters. All right. Yeah, right. <laughs> Love you, Doc. Thanks for all the information. All right, we'll, we'll, we will talk soon, man. Paul, when you're lonely. I look forward to it. All right. Take care, you guys. All right. well, put you your shirt on. You're going to FaceTime us, put your shirt on. Or don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah whatever. That's not necessary. That's a long time without your wife. A lot of guys it are is listening. a long time. A lot of guys are thinking, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of guys are thinking, Ow. yeah. It's not, like he's not, it's not like he's around a bunch of hot young nurses every day. Not at all. Oh, wait. No. Not at all. But no, he no. is. But they talk. Yeah. But they talk. <laughs> but still, the temptation. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, we shouldn't have brought that up with him. You know, he's self-medicating. Speaking of uh, skin, Mr. Skin, when we get back. You're listening to the Dot and Tyler Radio Empire. Hey, it's Todd and Tyler. And thank you for listening to the podcast. Please take a second to tell us how much you like the podcast. And don't forget to comment. Thanks again. On to the next podcast episode.